Mark chapter 4, verses 1 to 20, the voice. Jesus went out again to teach by the Sea of Galilee. When the crowd became unmanageable, he climbed aboard a boat and sat down to teach the people listening on the shore by telling them parables. One of his teachings went like this. Listen. A farmer went out and sowed his seed. As he scattered it, one seed fell along the hardened path and a bird flapped down and snapped it up. One seed fell onto rocky places where the soil was thin, so it sprang up quickly. But when the hot sun scorched the fragile stems and leaves, the seedling withered because its roots didn't go deep into the soil. One of the seeds fell among the weeds and thorns, which crowded the seedling out of producing a crop. And the rest of the seeds fell in good, rich soil. When they sprouted, the plants grew and produced a crop 30, 60, even 100 times larger than expected for every seed that the farmer had sown. All who have ears to hear, hear let them listen. When they were alone, the twelve and others close to him asked why he always taught in parables instead of explaining his teachings clearly. God has let you in on the inside story regarding the workings of the kingdom, the hidden meanings, but the crowds, I teach them in parables. As the prophet Isaiah predicted, so that when they look, they see, and yet do not understand. When they hear, they listen, and yet do not comprehend. Otherwise, they might really turn and be forgiven. Do you mean to say that you didn't understand my parable of the sower? That was the key parable. If you don't see what I was trying to teach there, how will you be able to understand any of the others? The seed the farmer is sowing is the good news, God's word. Some people are the seed thrown onto the path and the tempter snaps up the word before it can even take root. Others are the seed thrown among the rocks. Those people hear the word and receive it immediately with joy and enthusiasm, but without deep roots, doubt, trouble or persecution instantly withers their faith. Still others are the seed tossed among weeds and brambles. The word has reached them, but the things of this life, the worries, the drive for more and more, the desire for other things, those things cluster around close and choke the life of God out of them until they cannot produce. But those last seeds, those sown into good soil, those people hear the word, accept it, meditate on it, act on it, and bear fruit, a crop 30 60 or a hundred times larger than the farmer dropped to earth. Good morning. Over recent weeks, we've been hearing about the importance of fruitfulness. From the Garden of Eden through to the Garden City in Revelation, we see that God's plan is for his creation, including us, to be fruitful. Today, I want to ask the question, how do we make sure that we are fruitful? My key text this morning is Mark chapter 4, verses 1 to 20, 
from the voice translation. If you're watching this on a Sunday morning, then you should have already heard this passage read to you. But if you're watching or listening at some other time and you've not heard the verses, can I ask you just please to pause the video and read them first. It will really help you in understanding what I'm sharing this morning. First of all, just to understand the imagery in this parable, in verse 14, Jesus says that the seed the farmer is sowing is the good news, God's word. And then each of the different scenarios in the parable represent the way that different people respond and receive God's word. So whether it's uh, the seed on the path, amongst the rocks, amongst the weeds and thorns, or into the good soil. Obviously, our aim is to be like the seed that is sown into good soil. Verse 20 says, those last seeds, those sown into the good soil, those people hear the word, accept it, meditate on it, act on it and bear fruit. A crop 30, 60 or 100 times larger than the farmer deposited or dropped to the earth. People, people like you and me. So can we be good soil for the seed of God's word to fall into? How do we do it? Well, let's focus on those words in verse 20. Those people who are fruitful are those who hear the word, accept the word, meditate on it and act on it. Those are the ones who bear fruit. I'm using the voice translation. If you're reading in a, along in a different translation, you might think, well, it doesn't use all those words. What the translators of the voice version sometimes do is they, they add in words to help expand words that are already there. So the word accept in this passage is a bit limited in the English. It doesn't really fully explain what um, Mark is writing about. And so the writers here, the translators, have added meditate on and act on. They put it in italics so it's clear that that's what's been done. In any case, the whole idea of meditating on the word and acting on the word of God, it's very clear in other places in scripture. So these are the things we're going to be looking at this morning. So number one, to be fruitful, we must hear the word of God. Seems a funny thing to say, doesn't it? I mean, most of us can hear. Uh, but have you ever been listening to someone and then not really hearing what they're saying? I mean, even Jesus in verse nine of this passage says, all who have ears to hear, let them listen. Now, fruitfulness starts by listening, letting the word of God in, being prepared to believe it and accept it, even when that's really challenging. And one of the challenges of hearing something is sometimes other voices try and drown things out and voices will try and drown out the word of God in your life. It causes us to ask the question, what are we listening to? Who are we listening to? Are we, you know, just listening to the news media or other voices um, on the internet? Or is it people in popular entertainment? Or maybe people we know, people who are close to us. We need to be careful what we listen, and listen to. We need to be careful who we listen to. We don't want the good things that are sown into our lives to be snatched away. In verse 4, Jesus talks about the seed that fell along the hardened path and a bird flapped down and snapped it up. And then when he's explaining that to his disciples in verse 15, he says, the tempter snaps up the word before it can even take root. The tempter has always been trying to snatch the seed of God's word before it can grow. It's a biblical theme. Right in the beginning in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, the tempter says to Eve, did God really say? He seeks to undermine 
what God has said. He seeks to snatch away the word of God. And of course we know that after his baptism, Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness where he's tempted by the devil. And we read about this in Matthew 4, verses 1 to 11. But Jesus resists. He doesn't allow the tempter to snatch away, to steal the word of God that's sown into him. And then later in Matthew 16, we even see the difficult passage where we see Jesus turning to Peter and saying, get away from me, Satan. Because Peter is speaking words that would, I mean, unwittingly, but they would, they would seek to undermine the word that's already in Jesus, that his purpose and what he needs to do. So Jesus is having none of it. And even though it's his friend that has spoken the words, he will not listen to those words. We need to be careful that we don't allow the word of God to be snatched away from us. So we need to listen to the word. We need to accept the word. Psalm 119 verse 130 in the New King James Version says, The entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. And in James chapter 1 verse 21 we read, Humbly accept the word of God that God has planted into your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. You know, we need to let the word of God in. The parable talks about sea falling onto a, a hardened path so that it just sits on the surface and can be easily stolen. The writer to the Hebrews in chapters 3 and 4, three times, says, do not harden your hearts. You know, our, our hearts get hardened by so many different things. It can be bitter experiences, it can be disappointments, so many things. It, and some of those things are self-inflicted and some of them are inflicted upon us by others. And that hardness, you know, it's a kind of a form of protection sometimes. We don't want to, we've been hurt and we don't want to get hurt before. But we, we can't afford to be like a path which is so hard that the word of God cannot penetrate. And we need to learn to soften our hearts and to be able to receive from God. If you feel that applies to you, then I just appeal to you to ask for help. Start by asking the Holy Spirit. Be honest with him about how it is and and he will help you. And and maybe ask a friend, maybe ask a pastor. Get get some help so that you can deal with hardness so the word of God can come in. So we need to hear the word, we need to accept the word, and to be fruitful we need to meditate on the word. Colossians 3:16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And the imagery in Psalm, chapter, uh, Psalm 1, uh, verses 2 and 3 says, those who delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night, they are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Take time to think about the word. Mull it over. Ask the hard questions sometimes about stuff you don't understand. And ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Jesus promises that when the spirit of truth comes, that he will guide us into all truth. Read that in John 16, verse 13. And in meditating, let your roots go down deep. In the parable, in verses 5 and 6, Jesus talks about a seed that fell into rocky places where the soil was thin. So it sprang up quickly, but when the hot sun scorched the fragile stems and leaves... The seedling withered because its roots didn't go deep into the soil. And then later in 16 and 17, he explains, those people hear the word and receive it immediately with joy and enthusiasm. But without deep roots, doubt, trouble or persecution instantly withers their faith. Notice that joy and enthusiasm are not enough. We need to get our roots down deep. 
and this doubt, this trouble, and this persecution, well, they're guaranteed in life. It's not that if you have deep roots, those things don't come. It's that if you have deep roots, you can weather those things, you can handle those things. You know, how deep are our roots? What happens to us when the gales blow? We don't want to be trees that just get blown over in the wind. So meditate on the word. Help and let the word get deep down so that your roots go deep down. And it's going to take time. So we need to hear the word, accept the word, meditate the word on the word. And to be fruitful, we need to act on the word. In James chapter 1, uh, James says, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. And then when Mary is talking to the servants at the wedding at Cana in John chapter 2, she says to them, whatever he says to you, do it. Whatever Jesus says to you, do it. We learn, need to learn to do what the word says to act upon it. There's a couple of examples of acting on the word in this parable. In verses 18 and 19, it says the seed tossed among weeds and brambles. The word has reached them. But the things of this life, the worries, the drive for more and more, the desire for other things, those things cluster around close and choke the life of God out of them until they cannot produce. So in this case, the weeds and the brambles, Jesus is actually giving a couple of examples. He's talking about worry and he's talking about the drive for materialism, really, for stuff. Well, regarding worry, we read in uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Now, there's instruction here. There's something we need to do. When we worry, we need to pray. We need to talk to God. And with thanksgiving, with a grateful heart. And then this drive for more and more, the desire for other things. You know, materialism will choke the life of God out of you. When Paul's writing to Timothy in 1 Timothy 6.17, he instructs, Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. There's an instruction here. There's something we need to do. There's something we need to act on. We need to trust in God and not trust in our material wealth, whatever we have. No matter how much or how little, our trust must be in God. There's something for us to act on here, something for us to do. And in general, we need to be those who act on the word. And the consequence of these things, of hearing the word, accepting the word, of meditating on the word, and of acting on the word, or the promise is that if we do do those four things, that we will be fruitful. Fruitfulness is the consequence of of allowing the word of God to work into our lives. And it's not just for us. It's not just a harvest for ourselves, but it's so we can produce fruit for and in others too. So in conclusion, how can we ensure that we're fruitful? Number one, hear the word and watch out for any birds who want to snatch it from you. Number two, accept the word. Let it in and guard against hardness of heart. Number three, meditate on the word. Give it time and let your roots go deep. Number four, accept the word. Whatever he says to you, do it. And the outcome, the promise, 
is that you will bear fruit. Let us pray. Lord, have your way in us. Let the seed of your word go deep into our hearts, that we will be a people who produced a harvest 30, 60, even 100 times. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you.